International Baptist College is a dynamic ministry of Tri-City Baptist Church in Chandler. IBC offers three Bachelor of Arts degrees and four graduate degrees. The professors at IBC desire to teach students how to think, live, and lead from a conservative biblical worldview. Whether you are pursuing a degree or laying a biblical foundation for your life, IBC will mentor you into ministry. Please check out our website at ibconline.edu or call 1-800-IBC-4858 for more information. Can I just remind you of something? God's justice is always appropriate. But you say, but I don't think so. I don't think it's appropriate. Oh, it's appropriate. Because the determiner of what is appropriate is God, not us. Celeste Montague. Welcome to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, featuring the teaching of senior pastor Dr. Kevin Shaw. Dare to Stand is on the radio to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to all who will listen, to carefully teach the truth of God's Word, and to encourage a healthy lifestyle of worshiping and honoring God. For more details about Dare to Stand or the ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church, please visit www.daretostand.org or call the church at 623-581-3115. You can receive a free MP3 copy of today's message or the entire series in MP3 format for a small fee by contacting the church. Today we continue our study in the book of Esther with a lesson titled, God of Justice. We are at the point in the story where Esther is about to find the right moment to expose the wicked plot to kill the Jews as we pick things up in Esther chapter 7 today. Let's listen as Dr. Kevin Shaw gives us a quick recap to orient us to where we are and then he'll read to us from our text. Open your Bibles with me, the book of Esther, chapter 7. Esther, chapter 7. Esther, chapter 7, beginning in verse 1. Remember, when we left Haman, he was leading Mordecai around. And um, he was saying, Thus it shall be done to the king, to the one whom the king delights to honor. He was being humiliated. He ran home. And his wife told him that he was in big trouble. Okay? That's how we ended up. And so now he's going to the banquet. So the king and Haman came to the banquet with Esther the queen. And the king said again unto Esther on the second day of the banquet, at the banquet of wine, What is thy petition, Queen Esther? And it shall be granted thee. And what is thy request? And if it shall be performed even to the half of the kingdom. Now he's already mentioned this twice to her before. He's already asked her what her petition, and she put it off. She put it off. Now... He says, um, and then Esther the queen answered. She sees this as the opportune moment. And she says, if I have found favor in thy sight, O king, and if it please the king to let my life be given me at my petition and my, and my people at my request, for we are sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be slain, and to perish. 
But if we had been sold for bondmen and bondwomen, if we'd just been sold into slavery, I had held my tongue, although the enemy could not countervail the king's damage. The king Ahasuerus answered and said unto Esther, the queen, Who is he and where is he that durst presume in his heart to do so? Who's the person that's going to do this evil thing? And Esther said, The adversary and enemy is this wicked Haman. Then Haman was afraid before the king and queen. I think that's one of the biggest understatements in all of Scripture. Okay? I, can, I can just see his face, the blood draining out of his face. And the king arising from the banquet of wine in his wrath went into the palace garden. And Haman stood up to make request for his life to Esther the queen, for he saw that there was evil determined against him by the king. Then the king returned out of the palace garden into the place of the banquet of wine, and Haman was fallen upon the bed or the couch whereon Esther was. And then said the king, Will he force the queen also before me in the house? As the word went out of the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. At Harbona, one of the chamberlains said before the king, Behold also the gallows, fifty cubits high which Haman had made for Mordecai, who had spoken good before the king, standeth in the house of Haman. Then the king said, Hang him thereon. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai, and the king's wrath was pacified. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that You help us to understand Your Word. Lord, as we look at the truths that are here, uh, Lord, I pray that You'll help us to have a glimpse into the sobering reality of your justice. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the sweetest words in the Hebrew Old Testament is a, is a simple little Hebrew word, sometimes hard to say for us English speakers. It has that, that sort of guttural H at the beginning of it. It's, it's the, the Hebrew word hesed. And it's translated in our Bibles sometimes tender mercies, sometimes loving kindness. It's a, it's a compassionate, loving, tender, merciful God. And the God of the Old Testament, the God of Israel, is characterized that way. And of course, that's the way that we like to think of God. We like to think of God as tender and mercy and loving and kind. In fact, it's been a very difficult thing for people to reconcile the idea that our God is a God of love who would send His Son to die on a cross for us. And then be the same God who has prepared a place called hell, which is real. We don't talk about it much. One of the reasons and one of the dangers of not talking about a place of eternal punishment. And hell is a place of, return, of eternal punishment. It's spoken of in Scripture as much as, a, as heaven is spoken of. It's very difficult for people to grasp the idea of a God who would punish the wicked eternally and a God who would send His Son to die for sinners. And so that you, the, and folks have the idea, well, we, I just can't grasp. I can't reconcile these two things, this idea of a loving God and a God of justice or a God of punishment. And yet, the story of Jesus Christ dying on the cross for us is the perfect combination of the concept of God's loving kindness, God's mercy, and also God's justice. Because could God have, could God have simply just forgiven everyone? Just said, 
I'll overlook it. I'll forgive all of their all of your sins. I'll let you all go to heaven. We'll have, you know, the only only income free. Everybody gets to go to heaven. Universalist type of, type of concept. But God didn't do that. No, God is a God of justice. And in order to maintain his justice, he sacrificed his son for us. You say, well, how do I know whether I come under God's justice or God's mercy? Well, that's your choice. You can demand justice or you can ask, repent, and seek mercy. I mean, I mean that's the issue. There are those that demand justice. It's a fool's demand. Because everything that we have is more than we deserve. We can, we can demand justice or we can simply ignore mercy. Ignore the mercy of God. Ignore the fact that we're sinners. Ignore the fact that we stand under condemnation. And so, what I want you to see in Esther chapter 7 is a picture not of God's mercy, but of God's justice. There's no mercy here. There's no, there's no sense of grace here. There's, no, there's not that, at least with regard to Haman. But it is, in order to appreciate God's love, in, in order to gain an appreciation and, a, and, a, and value God's mercy, we have to understand also God's justice. Because if we don't have an understanding of God's justice, mercy is cheapened. And so we have here, just the story of God's justice. And so let's take some time and take a look at some characteristics of God's justice. Remember this, that God's justice comes appropriately. God has a way of administering justice in exactly the right way. I, one of the big claims of criminals who are uh, convicted is either, number one, they're innocent, they didn't really do it, or the punishment so far outweighs the crime. You know, the, the, this particular punishment, just it so far outweighs the crime. Uh, can, can I just remind you of something? God's justice is always appropriate. But you say, but I don't think so. I don't think it's appropriate. Oh, it's appropriate because the determiner of what is appropriate is God, not us. Dr. Shaw will be back with more on how God's justice is true justice, because God is a righteous God and the source of all true justice. You're listening to Dare to Stand with Dr. Kevin Shaw as we continue a study in the book of Esther. Dare to Stand is a radio outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church. Please visit daretostand.org for more details about Dr. Shaw's church or this radio ministry. Here's Dr. Shaw to invite you to consider the addiction recovery ministry going on at his church, Northwest. It's called Freedom That Lasts. Hello, this is Kevin Shaw. Are you or someone you know dealing with the agony of an addiction? You cannot change what you do until you let God change who you are. Freedom That Lasts is a discipleship ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church that applies the life-transforming principles of the gospel and Christian growth to the problems of life-dominating sins and addictions. 
All of this happens in an atmosphere of love and accountability. If you would like to know more information about this important ministry, give us a call at 623-581-3115 or visit our website at daretostand.org. Go to the homepage and click the Discipleship Connections button. Thank you, Dr. Shaw, and please call the church at 623-581-3115 for more details about the Freedom That Lasts Addiction Recovery Discipleship Ministry at Northwest. And now, let's get back to Dr. Shaw as we see how God can take proud people and humble them in an instant. Here's our teacher. Let's just uh, take a look. The proud are humbled. We just saw this in the last chapter. Remember Haman's problem? Haman was all about himself. He was all full of himself. He wanted, to, he wanted to be raised to a position of honor in the land. Haman had money. Haman had position. But what Haman wanted was everybody to bow down to him. He wanted to be perceived as above everyone else. He wanted everyone to treat him as if he was something special. And he wanted everybody to be subservient to him. And so Haman was absolutely incensed when Mordecai refused to bow down to Haman. In fact, Haman's anger was so deep. We saw this earlier in the chapters. Haman's anger was so deep that Mordecai would not bow down that when he found out, recognized that he was a Jew, he determined, had to plot, and enacted that plot and deceived the king in order to have the entire nation of Israel, all of the Jews in the land of Persia, murdered for the sake of Haman, or for the sake of Mordecai's unwillingness to bow down. That's simply deep, deep evil. You know, um, but when God administers justice, He has a way of administering justice in just the right way. Just to touch the exact issue so that when the time came and the king could not sleep, in Esther chapter 6, he wakes up in the middle of the night, finds out because he couldn't sleep. They just happened to be reading in the history of the king that in, in the histories of the king that it was Mordecai that had saved the life of the king and Mordecai needs to be honored. So the king asks Haman, who happens to be there, what should be done to the king who the king delights to honor? Haman thinks, oh, he must be talking about me. He must want to be honoring me. He's so arrogant. He's so self-centered. It always has to be all about him. When somebody's speaking evilly, it must be about him. When somebody's speaking positively, it must be about him. <laughs> it is interesting when you finally come to the realization that in the world, most of us are invisible. We're not really noticed by others. We're not nearly as important to those around us as we think we are. And so Haman says, he, you know, we put, put the king's robe on him and put the king's scepter in his hand and put the king's crown on his head and put him on the king's horse and let somebody, a, a trusted servant, walk him around town and say, this shall it be done to the one who king, him the king delights to honor. What Haman asked for showed what was important to him. And so the king says, <laughs> the king says, okay, Haman, do that for Mordecai. Imagine the thought that was going through his heart and his mind as the one that he hated, the one whom he despised, he now has to walk through the streets of the city. Thus shall it be done to the one whom the king delights to honor. I'm sure he put his 
I'm sure he put energy into it. I'm sure it wasn't, thus shall it be done to the one whom the king delights to honor. You can't get away with that. Justice is coming for Haman. But there's more. Not only are the proud humble, but the cruel are punished. And there's no way to put it except that Haman is cruel. He is willing to sacrifice thousands upon thousands of lives at the altar of his own vanity. And so, when we come to Esther chapter 7, we see it says, and Haman told Zeresh his wife, verse 13 of chapter 6, and all of his friends everything that had befallen him. Then said his wise men and Zeresh his wife unto him, If Mordecai be of the seed of the Jews before whom thou hast begun to fall, thou shalt not prevail against him, but shall surely fall before him. Remember, so here the first principle for us to remember about God's justice is God's justice is always appropriate. You say, well, it's not always fair. It's interesting what fairness means. uh, Fairness can mean a couple of different things. Fairness to some people means I get treated exactly like someone else does. And um, that doesn't always happen because some people receive justice and others receive mercy. You say, well, what's the difference between some receiving justice and some receiving mercy? Well, the, the main difference, humanly speaking, is repentance. In fact, one of the things that we don't see in the, the, the whole life of, of Haman here, even in chapter 7, Haman never repents. You say, even when condemnation has come upon him, even when it's too late, all he does, that even as we come to the end of the chapter, is all he does is beg for a reprieve from the consequence. There's no sense of a um, of repentant heart. Just let me remind, remind you also of, that justice comes quickly. The events of chapter the last part of chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7 happened within the course of just a couple of days. Haman goes from being second in command of the land and just on top of the world to being on top of a spike in just a short period of time. You see, how in the world did the tables turn like that? It's an interesting thing about God's justice. There are times when it seems like God's justice takes forever. It's like it's never, ever going to come. It's, 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 he just seems to, it's like he's letting the wicked get away with their wickedness and the wicked seem to prosper. Many of the Psalms deal with the, the angst that goes on in the heart of a believer as he looks at the prosperity of the wicked in the world. You see, there are those who are wicked in the world and they have money and they have possessions and they have health and they have talent and they seem to be happy. They seem to be enjoying themselves. And then there are these people who are believers who seem to be struggling and go through difficulties and hardships and trials and sometimes for their faith. 
Sometimes sacrificing their own lives at the hands of those that would martyr them for the sake of their faith. And it seems like God's justice just absolutely takes forever. So how can you say, Pastor Shaw, that God's justice comes quickly? Here's what I mean, justice comes quickly. When it comes, the tables can turn in a moment. He that hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed. And that without remedy. You harden, you harden, you harden. God extends opportunity for grace. And extends opportunity for grace. And extends opportunity for grace. But what, what people do expect sometimes, even those that understand the Word of God is here and that there is a God in heaven, is they expect that God will say, okay, I'm going to give you an hour. Okay, I'm going to give you half an hour. Okay, now it's five minutes. And that God will give us a countdown to the end of grace. But God does not do that. Grace and the opportunity for grace always ends abruptly. It happens quickly. The rapture that comes at the end of this age of grace, in which judgment comes upon the world, and those who are saints who are caught up together to meet Him in the air, it'll come just in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. When God finally moves, He moves quickly. Remember the flood in Noah's day? No one had time to even think of a plan to escape, and they never took God's prophet seriously. Grace comes to an abrupt end, and then comes justice. Dr. Shaw will be back with a closing thought in a moment. You're listening to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, where our teacher, Dr. Kevin Shaw, serves as senior pastor. Northwest Valley Baptist Church is located at 4030 West Yorkshire Drive in Glendale. That's just south of the 101 at 40th Avenue. Sunday worship service is at 930 a.m., Adult Bible studies and Sunday school for all ages are at 11 a.m., and Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. Child care is provided for all services. Wednesday evening activities include prayer meetings, children's and teens programs. Northwest Valley Baptist Church also offers a quality traditional Christian education for your children, grades K-12, through at Arrowhead Christian Academy, located right on the church property at 40th Avenue and Yorkshire Drive. For more details about the church, kids' programs, this radio broadcast, or to register your kids for Arrowhead Christian Academy, please visit www.daretostand.org or call 623-581-3115. If you enjoy listening to this radio program, please consider supporting Dare to Stand with a tax-deductible donation of any amount. Please visit daretostand.org and follow the link to the church website where you can also download free copies of Pastor Shaw's sermons. Call us at Northwest and let us minister to you personally in any way we can. Call 623 623- 581-3115 today. Remember, you can listen to Dare to Stand Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. on this same radio station. And you're always welcome to visit Northwest Valley Baptist Church in person for Sunday morning services at 9.30 a.m. and Sunday evening teaching and discipleship at 6 p.m. 
I'm Celeste Montague. Please join us next time as we continue our study in the book of Esther. And now here's Dr. Shaw with a closing thought for us on the swift justice of the Lord. We'll see you next time for more right here on Dare to Stand. It'll come all of a sudden, and, and it, could, it could happen now. It'll come when people aren't expecting it, and it's, and it's over. This, this, the opportunity, the end of life can come in a moment, and it's all over. The opportunity, God's extending grace, He can cut it off in a moment. And so sometimes it seems long in coming, and its tables can turn in an instant. 